Hi, this is Scott Ware of the Wherewithal Podcast, coming to you from the Radiance Magazine offices in Body Studios, Anaheim. I'm the publisher and editor of Radiance Magazine, Integrative Wellness at its Best, and that is found at over 600 locations in Southern California and online at radiancemagazine.org. And it explores, like this podcast, all forms of wellness and emotional healing, which can lead to physical healing and also clarity with our life purpose and those types of inspirational things. So today, my guest is Christine Alisa, who is an alternative therapist and shaman. So she's a licensed marriage family therapist and a past life regression therapist. Interesting combination, right? A shaman who also specializes in child and adolescent therapy. So we will get to her in just a moment. But first, do you want to lose 20 pounds and reduce your metabolic age and feel great doing it? Pura Vita Wellness brings you a 40-day program that includes a body composition analysis, a private evaluation with Dr. Benkert, and a personalized plan customized for you. They have two offices in Southern California, so schedule your consultation online today using new client code 47. And the cost of the program fee goes from $199 to just $47. Go to puravitawell.com or call 714-421-6560 and take advantage of this special offer while it lasts. Now, everyone loves experiences, movies, theme parks, festivals, concerts, all kinds of experiences. Now you can experience more and go deeper with a mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional experience and that's brought to you by the Radiance Experience, which you'll see in Radiance Magazine in the September-October 2018 issue, or go to radiancemagazine.org. What is the Radiance Experience? It is a one-on-one, one-of-a-kind session with a trained experience expert delivering the experience of a lifetime. It's something that can only happen with someone like this one-on-one, so I definitely try it, especially for the experience seekers out there. What you want to do is choose an experience that feels like the right fit for you. Step two is call the number to book it. Step three, enjoy. Step four, review it on Yelp. Go to radiancemagazine.org for more details. Okay, so Christina Lisa is our guest today, who is an alternative therapist, a shaman, a licensed marriage family therapist, a past life regression therapist. We'll find out more what that's all about. And well, I guess, do you do that with, you specialize in children and adolescent therapy, you take them back too? Oh, yes. Interesting. Okay. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Scott. This is awesome. Thank you. You bet. Okay. So let's just talk about this past life regression therapy and because people know about therapy as far as marriage and family, but I mean, it's, so it sounds to me like, first of all, you have to believe we have, have lived other lives to experience this, right? No. No. Oh, okay. no. You don't no. have to believe. No. What do you tell people? Say, I don't believe we. I lived before, so how can past life regression help me and uh, have a better relationship with my spouse? Good question. Hmm. Uh, what I tell people is that it's not a belief system. They don't have to believe in it to be able to improve their life. Okay. And that I use the example of a metaphor. So a metaphor means anything that feels like your life. Oh. 
So when they experience a past life, I don't even hardly use those words sometimes, especially for people who are sort of grappling with the idea of past lives in the first so, place. So it's a metaphorical life. Yeah. Could, it could be framed that way. Right. And still be accurate. Okay. And still work. Okay. Mm -hmm. So someone's, so maybe you don't call it that. You just say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through uh, uh, some hypnotherapy. What I do is, and, and that's a common way that people understand it, okay. is through hypnotherapy. So I will use that. I'll say, you know, it's kind of like hypnotherapy. Um, but what I do is, uh, in hypnotherapy as well as my work, we work with the unconscious or subconscious. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I talk to people about that and how there's certain things that have happened to us in the past that just get stuck in our unconscious and we're not aware of them, mm. and they keep cycling around and around in us. And coming up to the surface. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. In ways we don't even know. We just keep doing the same thing. Sometimes people are aware of it. Sometimes they're not. Okay. So that we're just going into these subconscious places and discovering what's the hook, what's the thing that's holding them, whether it's a traumatic experience, uh, whether it's a pattern. So why not just go into the subconscious? Why go into a past life or a metaphorical life version? How does that uh, value? Okay. Well, the value is, um, for example, mm -hmm. I had a client the other day who is dealing with so much anger. He just has these outbursts of anger and he uses these words that he, he really doesn't use in his regular life right. when he gets angry. And so uh, what we did is I just asked him to close his eyes, turn the lights down, and I just said, okay, where's all this anger coming from? Just the first place that comes to mind that it's coming from. And he went to a past life where uh, he was a really angry man who had been abused as a child but ended up in jail and getting you know, in fights all the time and then ending up killing himself. And it was just this transformational sessions for him because mm -hmm. he got through, it was a physical experience, a mental experience, an emotional experience and a spiritual experience. He just went into it. And after the session, he was clear of the anger. So, well, okay. So he was someone you could say this is past life. He wasn't someone who used the metaphorical. No, in this case, I could use that. Because he was open to that. Okay. He was open, which so, I often check with people, you know. Okay. Yeah. So you, you brought him to a hypnotic state? Uh, or, or it was right there on the surface. He was ready to go. Yeah, that's it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, okay. And in that case, he went back to a past life and he, and you, and this is the, the interesting or the, the challenging part of this, as I know, because I've been in a couple of these sessions mm -hmm. where you say for the first thing that comes to your mind and most of us don't trust that. We say, well, that's, that's just my imagination or that's just something that I thought of that's silliness, but I've been coming to learn mm -hmm. that that's, that's where the gold is of this. And, and why is it? That's, that's something coming into our mind from somewhere. Yeah. Deeper, deeper. So in the first thing that comes to mind, what you're doing is you're bypassing the conscious mind. And when you buy, that's the, you know, that's the, oh, I imagined it. This, what am I talking about? This is crazy stuff. That's the conscious mind. Right. 
Right. And that's protecting us too. So the know? first thing that comes to our mind, it, it got past the conscious mind for a minute, for a second. Right. And then usually we jump on it and we say, oh, but that's silliness. Let me tell you what I really think. And then that's our ego right. or, or a version. Or just wanting to avoid it or, avoid you know, it. or, you know, can sometimes feel a little unnerving because when I ask people that they go, oh, wow, where did that came from? You know, whatever that they came up with, the first thing that comes to mind. Because that's actually our truth and we're not used to listen, letting that flow through. Right, right. From our higher self or whatever you would yeah. call that. And I often use the body too. So for instance, I might say the first thing that comes to mind and they maybe they go, I don't, I don't know. So I say, okay, what do you feel in your body? Just the first part of your body that comes to mind. Ah. So there's many different ways to go about this. Because the body has its own mind. Absolutely. And all of it's in the cells. All yes. you're doing is just pulling it out of the cells. Most of us are not used to listening to our body, or at least, and maybe men more than women, perhaps. Yeah, depends. Yeah. So it's, and also acknowledging it, you know, listening to the body and going, oh, wow, that is a deep feeling, or that is, you know, I'm having, like, for instance, anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, and then they can't breathe. And so, you know, they're having a hard time breathing and they get disconnected, they stay in their head with all the anxiety, whereas really the answer is inside their body. So if they can go into the body um, and trust it, I think that's a lot too. Some people come in already trusting it. Some people you have to let them know, you have to educate them that the body's actually been trying to talk to them their whole lives. Right, right. Or has been talking, whether you've been listening. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Absolutely. You mentioned anxiety. Do a lot of people come to you for that? Yeah. Yeah. That's with a, that. Yeah. That's a big one, I think, because uh, and it comes in various forms. It can come in a form of uh, anxiety, uh, just high stress in their life. And, you know, they come to a point in their life like you talked about purpose earlier. Well, some people just they're struggling with their purpose because they're in a job or a position that they're unhappy with, it's creating anxiety. So there's that piece. Or and it's occurring to them that maybe there's more to life. Yes, absolutely. And But they stay kind of stuck in the anxiety, the fear of being able to move forward with it or how to move forward with it or what to do about it, you know? So they, they kind of stay in an anxious mode. Sure. Yeah. And then there's also in relationships, they can have anxiety in their relationships, uh, not feeling secure about their partner or, or the relationship itself, you know, so there's, sure. it comes from a lot of different places. And you've been doing this for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in fact, I just want to read um, uh, on Yelp, you have some excellent reviews. Uh, so benefited from Christine's work, her intense release techniques have helped me chip away and shed 40 years of codependent crapola and find the voice of a terrified eight-year-old. Ooh, that was some heavy lifting. And now I'm able to speak up for myself in totally new ways. Thank you, Christine from Sandy C. That's a, that's a great testimonial. Yeah. Um, so there was a, she, she sounds like she's, you know, there's a, so for her and others, there's a terrified seven-year-old, six-year-old, five-year-old. Oh, often. Yes. Just, I think that's, been terrified for 10, 20, 30, 40 years inside of us. Absolutely. And yes. it's coming out and, and making itself known through our actions in certain situations. Right. And we've actually been suppressing that part of ourselves. 
we don't pay attention to that child within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then she or he screams so loud at us in a way that is, you know, creating problems in our life that we have to pay attention. Well, we just think it's the other people are problematic in our life that it's them. Yes. Because they're not doing something we want done. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to look in that mirror. Right. Yeah. Well, how, how can people maybe just on their own look in the mirror uh, or, or when they do look in the mirror, what should they ask themselves perhaps in a moment where they think, you know what, maybe I, maybe I got some issues. What, what can they do gently with themselves to maybe start to heal themselves or, or even start to take a look? Yeah. Wow. That's a really good question. And there's so many things that people can do. I think um, what I stress with my work is that people look at how happy they are in their life right now and how unhappy they are. Mm -hmm. And do they want to continue with the unhappiness and what kind of toll is that taking on their life? And also that therapy. Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. Therapy, uh, one of my main goals is to make it safe first. Hmm. It has to be safe because when you've had some experience in your childhood that's been perhaps traumatic or a series of things, uh, there's a lack of safety. Hmm. So our first thing is to really develop safety and that for people to know that walking into a therapist's office first thing you have to feel is safety. And if you don't, you might want to turn around and leave. Right. How can people feel? I mean, people can read your testimonials. How can people know they can feel safe going to you? Because just the act of, of going to any kind of therapist or healer uh, in, you have to surrender something you have to Mm -hmm. um, Except that maybe there, yeah, there's going to be some pain that's going to hurt a little. So you get, you got over some hurdle, but you're saying, and through your intuitive abilities, I assume there's uh, some protection from feeling too much pain all at once. Cause that's what everyone's afraid of. Right. Right. So everything that I tell them, I said, it's, you have all the control. I don't have any control okay. and that everything we do here, you can stop and start at any time. I'm, I'm a facilitator really. Right. Therapist isn't my title, but I really facilitate and guide. So this is your work and I'm here. Oftentimes they feel like the child inside was often alone when the, you know, the uncomfortable things happened in their childhood. So I tell them, you're not alone this time. I'm here with you. So I think there's this feeling of, um, I, I tell them, you know, you came into therapy, you walked through the door, even if only one foot made it in. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you made it in. Yeah. Celebrate that. That's awesome. Ah, you know, celebrate that. Yes, really, because that's a big step. People don't celebrate their victories enough in life, do they? No. Yeah. No, no they don't. They just go to, oh, well, I need more work, or there's still something wrong with me. Or, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we... I use, try to use a lot of humor in my work, too, because it has to be fun. We have to have some kind of relationship where we can laugh at ourselves or with each other. So, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on your website, it says, are you, um, are you ready to release your blocks and have the life you crave? 
Talk about craving. Oh. Are good cravings and bad cravings? Or <laughs> <laughs> should we? Yeah, I'm not promoting addiction. Okay, good, good. <laughs> That's different, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, um, well, I think people sometimes know what they're craving and sometimes they don't, but all they know is they want something different, that this isn't working. Like, for instance, I worked with a family and I started off with the daughter. So she was 11 years old Mm -hmm. and she's the one who had, she did have a lot of problems. And so, because that's one of my specialties. And so I, I worked with her, we did a lot of regression work and so forth. And what happened was, is each one of the parents started coming in to see me because I do a lot of educating and I really try to help parents see, you know, this is what your, why your kid is doing this. Here's some new ways you can react to your child. Let me explain some things. So then they kind of calmed down. And then they go, oh, wait a minute. I got something I would like to have happen. Sure. Like in this case, the relationship of the husband and wife was a little rocky. So that's what they craved was a better relationship. So even though they started with the daughter, they ended up doing their own personal work. So there's cravings underneath the cravings. Because oh. someone could say, I crave chocolate cake. But maybe there's a craving. I mean, there's times we want it, but there's if it's a lot, maybe there's a craving under the craving. Yeah. What do you think? Maybe you want um, some TLC. You want somebody to take care of you. You want something more nourishing in your life. Ah, you know, something. Nourish that, ourselves. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. How do we do that? Okay. Well, that's, I think, a lifelong goal for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, we can do a lot today. Yeah, true. You know, I think uh, what I do for myself and for my clients is to teach them things that they can do to nourish themselves. And uh, I do a lot of grounding with them, grounding exercises. We do chakra clearings. And I teach them how to do it so they can do it in their life. Can you explain what it is, what grounding means and why that's good for us? Okay. So grounding is uh, connecting to Mother Earth, only because we walk on her every day. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we're in a kind of swirl of our own problems, we're kind of like in this atmosphere and we're not connected to Mother Earth. Right. And she does have energy there for us. And so if we connect with her, uh, you know, I just do simple grounding techniques. Okay. Can I interrupt you for a moment? You mentioned that, I mean, science has even shown that there's energy there for us when people walk barefoot. Yes. Um, I mean, people know they feel like they're in a better mood when they do. We know this from experience and Mm -hmm. no one can take experience away from us. But science has shown even that gardening, getting your hands in the soil, that there's um, microorganisms or something that that do something to make us feel, actually feel good. They put something in our bloodstream or, um, and, but but energetically mm-hmm. there's some things going on as well, right. To connect with mother earth. Yeah. And of course, you know, the native Americans and the indigenous people have known this for thousands of years. Right. And we were always connected to the earth. We yeah. always could feel her heartbeat and we could always walk on her with gentleness and care. Mm. And that's when we knew that nature, we were nature and nature was us. 
And so I think the groundedness is it's, it's the energy, it's the love, it's, uh, it's the support, mm-hmm. it's everything. And I think a lot of people have, you know, just lost that, you know, in our current age. And so they're cr- that back to the craving, yeah. they're kind of craving that connection again. They don't even know what it is sometimes, but they know kind of it's like, you know, maybe in the DNA that back in, you know, when we were uh, in indigenous tribes, we knew this. It was a, it was a knowing in us. Right. And so people have this little spark inside of them is going, I know there's something different. I know there is. I just mm-hmm. don't know what it is, you know. And what we know, we feel better when we go up to the mountains. Yes. We know we feel better when we go to the beach. Right get our feet in the sand and right. just breathe in the air and it just feels better. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so we should do that uh, as often, as often as we can. Yeah. That's a very nourishing thing to do. Very nourishing. And I think sometimes what I uh, come up against with people is they talking about those blocks, they get blocked in taking care of themselves in doing those things, they mm-hmm. kind of stop themselves like, Oh, I, I don't have time for that. Or, right. uh, I'm, uh, I've got so much to do, or that feels awkward to do that. <laughs> you know, to hug a tree. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Those people are crazy, but, <laughs> but t- tell me about tree hugging. What, uh, Oh yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I take it a step further and talk to the trees. So Wonderful. I think, they have a lot to teach us if we just listen. It just takes, uh, you know, a couple minutes to maybe put your hands on the tree and listen. Uh, I have a tree outside my office, and I ask her occasionally, what do you need? Do you need some more water? And sometimes she'll say, yeah, I'm okay. And sometimes she says, no, I want some more. And, and I thank her for being there, you know, and it's just, uh, I think it's just us connecting to everything in nature. You know, that even like in shamanism, we talk about the, you know, the animals that are in our presence or the insects. Um, you know, I, I have a friend that she was telling me that this bees were always coming around her, mm-hmm. just always coming around her. Just, and she was always just kind of gently asking them to move away. And what we found out is that the bee was her power animal, her totem. And so she intuitively knew there was some connection with this bee. So I just asked her to um, ask the bee when it comes near, what's its message for you? You know, even a very short thing, like, um, because she is a busy bee herself, (laughs) you know? So maybe just kind of, you know, sit on a flower for a little while, rest, you know, whatever, something simple. So they have a lot of messages for us. So... We all have an animal totem? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's okay. been with us most of our life. And, and what does totem mean? I know what a totem pole is, but... Okay, a totem is um, it's another word for power animal. Okay. And the Native Americans, depending on the tribe, would use the word totem. Totem meaning that this animal was... Um, worked with a certain individual or maybe it was the totem that worked with the tribe but it is one that is kind of assigned itself to you i see for your life for you to 
um, connect with and gain uh, information and really it can help to improve your life because it's another spiritual being that's with you at all times. Ah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, an energetic presence. Mm-hmm. The spirit of which is with you can bring you messages. How do you hear the messages? Uh, well, what we use is it's called journeying and journeying is the technique. It's sort of similar to meditation in that, you know, when you meditate, you kind of go into this really serene kind of a little bit altered state. But that's kind of where it ends. Um, with journeying, it's you go into a little bit of an altered state, but you call on your power animal. When you say altered, is that meditation? It's uh, it's a deeper state. It's a place of, like I talked about earlier about the unconscious and the subconscious. Mm-hmm. It's more of that place rather than the thinking, busy conscious mind that's a da, 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 you know out of the mind yeah it's it is it's out of the mind into uh, a place of opening up uh, whatever can come to you which to the mind feels like an altered state because the mind's used to being in control hey what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> but in actuality we're more in tune with our cells with a capital s mm. nice way of putting it yeah right and they choose us. We just have to pay attention. Are there crows flying around us? Are there doves flying around us? Are there cats? Are there rabbits? Right. Bees? Grasshoppers? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I ask your audience to notice, you know, have you, you know, has there been a lizard that always keeps coming to your door or, <laughs> you know? Right. Or. Um, what about Spiders. Oh, yeah. Spiders, they can be a power animal as well. Okay. I think um, sometimes, you know, I know people who, well, I guess because that's kind of the people I hang out with, are much more uh, attuned that we don't want to kill those spiders. Right. That we want to just take them gently outside Mm -hmm. if they happen to be inside. But when they come around, um, notice it and, and listen to their message. Ah. In other words, there's those are powerful beings, and uh, but yeah, they can definitely be totems as well. So, not to belabor the point, but if I see a spider in the corner of the house, and I I sit down, I I'm, or sit in a chair in a lotus position, and just meditate, or just close my eyes, and just listen for the message. And again, the first thing that comes to mind when you get to that place is what you want to pay attention to, right? right? Even even if it sounds silly. Right. Okay. Right. And it may, may be very practical. Mm. It may be um, you forgot to close the screen last night, and uh, mm. you need oh. to, you need to make sure you close your screens every night. It okay. could be very practical. Very down-to-earth and practical, <laughs> yes. not necessarily some huge life revelation. No, okay. no. It could be very simple. Um they are there. They're compassionate spirits, and they want to um, show us that we can be a little more conscious of what we're doing. Right. And to uh, they want to take not take care of us, but they want to be there for us. They're very loving. So what you're saying, I think, is that we could walk around all day and just accept messages from all of them. Oh yeah. That would be an interesting day. Yes. Or even, even an hour. <laughs> 
Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm going to try that. Yeah. Day at the zoo would be very interesting. Oh, my goodness. Oh. That's intense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's unfortunate. A lot of it, you know. But what you can do is just send them healing love. Sure. You know, when you're at the zoo, just, you know, I really love you. I'm so glad that all the children get to see you. Thank you for being you. you. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So were you a shaman first or a marriage and family therapist first? Marriage family therapist first. And then you said, I want, I want another spice added to this mix. But you probably were drawn in some way. Oh, yeah. And I think like a lot of people, I was drawn by my own issues. Because uh, I'd been in therapy for a while, just trying to search and find out who I was, why I was so... My issue was depression. Okay. And so um, I came to a point in my life that I'd had five car accidents within four years. And uh, I said, okay, something's going wrong. My chiropractor said, I have a therapist I want you to go to. He's totally booked, but I've talked him into fitting you in. Mm -hmm. And so I started working with him. He was a past life regression therapist. And lo and behold, I found the reason why I was so depressed. And in the course of my work with him, after a while, I don't know, it was a while. Uh, I said, well, you know, I'm really interested in learning how to do this work. And he trained therapists as well. Okay. So then I ended up training with him. And then I ended up co-facilitating with him. So I kind of moved into, then I just worked, started working with clients in that modality. Because it, it really felt it was so powerful for me in my experience. Because for me, I had uh, childhood abuse. But I had forgotten just about all of it. Sure. But it was, again, that rolling around in my subconscious, creating depression. So once I got it out, then I saw all the benefits. Then I said, okay, well, I'm going to start working with clients after I got the training. What period of time did it take you to clear a lot of that? Well, my 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 issues were kind of, I don't want to compare myself to anybody because mine were really kind of heavy duty. So Okay. Uh, it took probably, I want to say three years mm-hmm. of, uh, real intense work. Sure. And, um, and then, then I kind of graduated to doing lots of kind of other healing work and so forth. What I'm reading on Yelp with these reviews sounds like you, when you're working with somebody, you're getting them through some things very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, relatively quickly. And everyone's different. Everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started my career, I I was working with a lot of sexual abuse clients. And those clients will take longer. I mean, I have have to be honest with that. If Mm -hmm. there is sexual abuse in your background, it's, you know, you're looking at a year, even with past life therapy, uh, maybe longer. Um, It does go faster than traditional therapy. But the mind can only tolerate so much. Yes. So in other words, we sure. can't speed up a process that is going to create some chaos. Right. It has to be done in a safe way. With I use a lot of structure in my work. So the processing of it, so it can take time, so it doesn't interfere with their life, or the processing too much on, any, on a right. one weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't do any of that. No, okay. I feel like they, 
one session builds on the next. And there's sometimes they have to just process what they've been bringing up. And then they have to create some safety places, some support places in their life. There's a lot of other kind of, yeah, steps to it. So you must have seen a lot of people just come out of that a new person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You remember how they were to begin with. And then a year or however many months or a year later, they have a new lease on life, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, they do. It's quite extraordinary to watch. I think that's one of the things that kind of keeps me doing it. It's so much fun to see the progress and to see people just go, oh, wow, I don't do that anymore, you know? <laughs> right. And that's so cool. Um, I had a, a, a client that I hadn't seen for a while, and I asked her how she was doing. And I said, well, how did you feel about the work that we did together? And uh, she was a college student. She didn't have a whole lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. But she said, well, the work was hard. But she said, I am now speaking up for myself. I feel confident. And she was a, kind of a little mouse in a way before meek Meek. yeah and now she's speaking up in her relationships she feels more empowered empowered Mm. you know so now that was a short one if there's you know i've had situations where clients depending on how much work they want to do with me right they may feel like okay well i've really connected there and i've really cleared that old trauma but i don't feel connected spiritually Mm. so then we take on another kind of phase in therapy where we work with the spirituality of their lives. So I'm finding more and more that that's what I'm called to do. And as a shaman or, or spiritual on the side, as a, not a shaman, do you help people become shamans? Uh, not at this point. I have a, uh, a meetup group where the shamans come or the shamanic, those interested in shamanism. Okay. Come. And uh, I, we do a journey and I talk about shamanism. So I'm, what I'm planning is to be able to train. I'm not doing that right now, kind you're, of building into that. Okay, and you're holding space. Yes. How can people find out more about that? Would they go to a, a meetup.com uh, yes. slash something? Yeah, slash. Uh, well, they can find it on your website. It's on my website. Yeah. In fact, the, the meetup is right on my, if you go to services, that's it. If you go to Christina Lisa services meetup, and then it will pop up. Okay. Or Christine Alisa, A-L-I-S-A.com. Right. And they can search around and look at, uh, yeah. see the, the testimonials on there. Yeah. And it looks like you do workshops. People are giving you, you know, five stars on your workshops. Mm-hmm. And it says you have the uncanny ability to truly create a safe space, probably because she is always present in a group situation or one-on-one. She is kind, very kind, and patient, qualities that are so needed in this day and age. Mari said that. Very, mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah, very sweet. So safe places aren't uh, as common as we'd like them to be, maybe, or people listening or being present to us? Yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of what's missing is that people uh, don't feel heard. They don't feel heard. They don't feel seen. That's not the same as a Facebook like? (laughs) 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 Facebook likes can feel kind of (laughs) good. Okay, well. <laughs> but but they but they didn't like me in the present moment. They liked me maybe an hour ago. They liked the post, although I think yeah, they liked me. Yeah. 
I think there's a moment of connection and, you know, and you like that feeling. Yeah. I think there's the consistency in the therapeutic process of really having somebody there that's, um, you know, I'm not there to fix their problem. I'm there to, to show that, um, with kindness, with compassion, Mm. with, um, you know, and intuition that they can do their own work. Right. You know, that they're in a place of safety that's um, nourishing in a consistent way. It's always that way with me. Well, before we sat down here to talk, we put our our phones on airplane mode so Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't be interrupted. We could could call that uh, be present mode. People could, I'm going to be present with you. Let me put my phone on be present mode. (laughs) That'd be nice. That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you come up with, Scott. I like how your mind works. Thank you. Well, we're co-creating here. Yes. We yes. Are. Yes. I get inspired by this kind of conversation. Oh. This is, yeah. We got good energy going. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, you said recently on on uh, on a post after a hiatus from this group, I'm very happy to bring back my original beginning principles of shamanism with a new feel and applicability to our lives. I'm renaming it the ordinary shaman because I'd like everyone to utilize the ancient practice, applying it to the modern world. So I'm not a shaman, but how can I apply shamanic principles to the modern world? Okay. Um, If I can back that question up a little bit. Um, um, Most of the readings and those psychics and all of us, they tell us that uh, the veil is very thin now. And what that means is the, um, you know, many years ago, it was a little more difficult to make connections with the other side. The veil, they call it, was thicker. Mm -hmm. So you had to be, you know, a deep meditator or so forth. Now that veil is thin and heart sometimes not existent. And what that means is that people can connect with these spirits from the other side, if they're just open. Okay. All you have to do is be open. Be open. Okay. Yeah. And that you help um, facilitate this. Yes. Yes. Like, uh, in my group, um, we, we talk about particular things that are happening in people's lives. Like the last one I had was about your hopes and dreams and wishes. So it was very specific. Okay. And I wanted people to create their intention of what was their wish, dream, you know, hope, whatever that was. We're going to go back to the veil, right? Yeah, we're going to get to the veil. Okay. (laughs) But as they um, start talking about what it is their wishes and dreams are, then we talk about how then we can work with the other side Uh for them to help us. Give us wisdom. The wisdom, how to proceed, not how to proceed, but... They will help us with our wishes, dreams, and aspirations. Will they help highlight the path? Uh, Or answer questions? Okay. One thing about the healing spirits is they tend to do it their way, not our way. Ah, okay. So we ask what we would like. That's what they need, first of all. Uh, Oh, and uh, they're not going to invade us or, or do anything for us, mm-hmm. really, unless we ask. We all have free will. So we ask. 
And that veil, what I'm saying, is thinner because it's easier now to access that other side. I think what I do is I just help each person kind of with that connection and having them trust that there's hardly any veil left that they can do that. And once I teach them how to journey, then um, they find, oh, wow. I'm right there. You know. Does that make you a medium or you're making them a medium for themselves? Well, my goal is they be a medium for themselves. Okay. Uh, what I do, I think, is a combination of my intuitive abilities. And also, while I'm listening to them, uh, my guides are talking to me and telling me things to say to them. But also, things just come from me. So it's been a combination of those things. And I guess I have the ability to kind of help people hone in. You know, we have a lot of ADHD out there yeah. these days and people have, a, and it's, it's nothing, it can often be a gift. So I'm not looking down on it. I'm just saying that it keeps us sometimes from focusing on what is good for us. Sure. So I have an ability to kind of bring them into, okay, let's be very specific, specific, excuse me. So this veil and who we're communicating with on the other side, are they people we know? Yeah. Yeah. They can be that have passed over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually sure. relatives or mm-hmm. spirit guides. Yeah. Spirit guides, um, uh, animal spirits, angels, um, ancestors, um, yeah, all kinds. Do you see the thin veil now in this room? Yeah. Yeah. It's very thin. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're all here. Who's all they? Well, my guides are here. Oh, okay. Mine are in the next room. No, no they're, they're here. here. <laughs> Do you know who your power animal is? No. A turtle. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Very wise. You should look up Chinese history with turtle. Okay. Look in um, past how it was revered. Okay. I wanted. I guess I wanted to be a wolf. I love wolves. Wouldn't that sound cooler? But well, that's okay. Maybe a wolf <laughs> comes to you at different times. Sure. You know, a totem is one that's been there for a long time. Ah. But they come in at different times. So when I think of turtle, I think of slow and steady wins the race. It might be. I, I'm in some ways. In some ways, I'm fast, but in, but you see that clearly. Yeah. No, I appreciate. It. Thank you. Just popped up. Okay. But um, yeah, he kind of wanted, kind of get emotional sometimes. He just really wants you to know that, and there's lots more for you to learn about him. Lots okay. more than that slow thing. Okay. Oh sure. Okay. There's lots more knowledge and um, uh, intensity and. Uh, you know, what I, okay, this is just coming, Mm -hmm. so I'll just say it. Um, It feels like he's saying, okay, I have my big shell, you know, that I can go into, Mm -hmm. but I go in there to um, kind of re-nurture myself and recalibrate and, Uh. you know, get myself in a different place so that when I come out, I'm ready to go. Mm. You know, I like that. 
So there's more to it than what you're thinking right now. Okay. You know, there's more to the knowledge that he has for you that maybe going into that shell is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Sure. And slow is maybe what the culture thinks of as slow. I mean, here you are doing work with Radiance Magazine and all of these healers and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not in the world of let's get more busy. Right. They're in the world of, wait a minute, let's slow down, down. quiet our minds. Let's clear things up. Sure. And you're attracted to all these people that are with wonderful gifts. Sure. You're right. No, I like it. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. So are your guides giving you information throughout the day or you're listening throughout? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, I try to. I actually ask them to help me with my clients, too. Um, Oh, sure. They've given me a lot of help, a lot of help over the years. Okay. Can I share one or how are we doing on time? No, we're doing good. Share something. Okay. I'll try to make it quick. Okay. So this was uh, a man who came to me who, it's a case that I had. And he's, he said, it's okay for me to talk about him and I'm not using his name or anything. Okay. And he had, I guess his stepson would call it a switch. He kept calling it a switch. He could be completely fine. And then the switch would go on and he would turn into this kind of not monster, but just, you know, erupting with what's going on. Why aren't you doing your work? Why didn't you clean up your room? I mean, you just explode for no reason, you know, and it didn't make any sense. Mm. So uh, we went into a session where I said, and I got the message from my guides. It's, um, it's something where he just turns off and turns on. In other words, it's that like a switch. Okay. His stepson was very intuitive. It was totally right. <clears throat> so we went to the past life where the switch happened. And it was a lifetime, um, which was not too good, but this is what happens. You know, they're not pretty lifetimes that we go to. Sure. And he had been a... Um, Way back, like in the 1800s, he worked on the early trains where they were building them in the West. But he was the, um, I don't know what, the manager, the guy, the guy with the whip. So at the the whip, because you'd have the workers and if they didn't work hard enough, then you had to whip them. Foreman, I don't know, overseer, whatever. And so he was mean. He was a really mean guy. Right. And... um, he lived that way his whole life. And so I said, okay, wait a minute. Let's go to your childhood in that life. What happened? Right. Because he wasn't born mean with a whip, okay? Right. So we went to the childhood, and it turned out when he was five, his parents uh, had died in the fire in his house. He was uh, rescued, but he lost his parents. Wow. And then he ended up with a family that abused him oh. and made him fight you know they thought saw him as a circus act oh boy so that's where the switch went where he went from this darling little boy innocent to now he's this mean guy right and once he did that work and a lot of tears and a lot of uh asking forgiveness he had to ask a lot of forgiveness um the switch was gone and he didn't do that at home anymore wow 
And even if somebody did not want to believe that was a past life, they could just say, this was a, a metaphor, a dream version of me. And, and, and they could look at it as, okay, we're just going to heal you through that. Mm-hmm. Um, because metaphor, I mean, and that's what dreams are anyway. Yes. Dreams are healing, showing yes. us metaphors. Yes. So that we can sort things out that right. we can't see in the moment. Right. And I tell people, if it works, why not do it? Exactly. When you so you're forming a community, I saw in one of your um, one of your posts, you're you're essentially forming a community of like-minded change makers who come together to stretch the boundaries of conventional therapy and open pathways to new methods and solutions for impactful healing results. Building a global platform of healers that make change possible is that the same as your meetup group, or is that a separate one? It's a separate meetup group. Oh, what are you so doing? So this one, this one is called Thriving Alternative Therapist Community Meetup. And that's a group where I, uh, I talk to them, teach them about different techniques that I've learned mm. that I use yeah. so that they can um, move into maybe more alternative kinds of therapy. I find that there's a lot of even traditional therapists who are kind of yearning for something different and they want to expand themselves into the alternative world. So. Sure. So I just teach them different things. And, and when we say alternative, sorry, alternative means just alternative to what's considered mainstream. Mm-hmm. An alternative to mainstream frequently are modalities or things that are thousands of years old that right. have worked for thousands of years, <laughs> healed people for thousands of years. Right. Um, what are some of those things you would you say? Well, um, Let's see. One of them was, uh, you know, I helped them to connect with their chakras because that's not something you do in traditional therapy. Right. So uh, I would teach them how to clear their chakras, op- open them, clear them, and make them more available to them. Learn how to do protection. A lot of therapists, like all of us, everybody, we don't have a shield around us that keeps us protected. Because other people in our lives are just, and therapists feel this very much, that their clients can kind of zap them of their energy. And it's not that their clients mean to do that at all. It's just an energetic thing. So I teach them how to, you know, put that uh, guard around them. So the shield, as I understand it, it doesn't, it's not that it leaves out all energy. You can still exchange good energy with people, but it leaves out the stuff that is negative to you that doesn't work for you. Not in alignment with you. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So that's that's one of the things. Then I'll sometimes teach them about past lives, uh, how, you know, just what it is, just to kind of educate people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, uh, I teach them other things. Um, uh, I don't talk too much about the shamanism in that group because we're just kind of opening up into alternative things. But my ultimate goal is to um, create a, um, a group of, like I said, like-minded individuals who want to learn how to do my work. I've trained therapists internationally, and those groups that I have trained are all regression therapists. So okay. I've, I've, I've done work with them, but it's a little different when you're taking traditional therapists and healers, right. and introducing them to past life regression or uh, tapping, or uh, though tapping is a little more, you know, mainstream now. But yeah. 
or different kinds of energy work. So, um, but that's my ultimate goal and to have a certification program because uh, I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, we have a few more minutes. You're doing a lot with kids. Yeah. What's going on there? You had a lot of good reviews on uh, your work with children yeah. and adolescents. Yeah, been doing that a long time. Uh, in fact, when I first started, that was my first love. Mm. I worked with a woman named Dr. Violet Oaklander. She was, she's still alive. She's a friend of mine. She was a trainer of therapists internationally. She's world-renowned. And it's Gestalt therapy with children. Gestalt, yeah. yeah. Explain what that is briefly. Well, Gestalt therapy for children and adolescents is basically a humanistic form of therapy. We've gone away from that these days. So if you have a child and you're thinking about putting them in therapy, you may have heard words like evidence-based therapy. Okay, well, that's not Gestalt therapy. I'm not saying that it's they're working towards making evidence-based, but it's not... It's not had a lot of research with it. And what it is, it's, it's such a profound experience for children because you're really being with them in a very deep level and letting them express who they are. And you get to do a lot of creative things with them. Okay. So it's not structured like a lot of the therapies are today right. where the kids are given homework or assignment. No, we don't do any of that. Okay. It's about going inward and um, uh, sometimes role-playing with them. Sometimes I work with clay. I do sand tray. Ah. Uh, lots of, I have toys all over the room. So it lowers their defenses and makes them more open oh. and, yeah. and more sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's like you, we and I are doing, you and I are co-creating. That's what I do with kids. Ah, yeah. good. They have a lot of control. So you've worked your magic on me. <laughs> 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 I didn't know you were doing it. Well, um, why don't you go ahead and give your uh, website and phone number okay. for people who want to contact you for either um, uh, for a session with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a healing session, a therapeutic session, an introductory session. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, my website is www.christinealisa.com. That's christinealisa.com. And my email is chris at chris at christinealisa.com. Christine is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-A-L-I-S-A.com. My phone number is area code 562-619-5883. I also have written several books, so you can check my website for the books I've written. What are they called? Uh, one of them is uh, Wondrous Places of the Heart. Alter- what is it? Wondrous Places of the Heart, uh-huh. Alternative Therapy with Children. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, Turning the Hourglass, um, Past Life Therapy with Children. Past Life Therapy with Children. Yes. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, this has been great. Just real briefly, um, what what can you tell people out there of what uh, they can expect when they come see you besides obviously a nurturing, calming environment? Yeah, well, if, if they come for what I call a discovery session, which is kind of like a consultation session okay. where you're just, uh, we're kind of feeling each other out and seeing if we'd be a good fit. Sounds like that's discounted, maybe. Yeah, there's it's complimentary. Oh, complimentary. Complimentary. You have a free discovery session. Yes, okay, I do. Excellent. Yes, I do. So 
in that time, we kind of um, look at what's going on with you, see where the the blocks might be and kind of uh, set about a plan. And oftentimes it becomes kind of a session in itself. Ah, so that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Scott, Give for having time. me. I had a great time. Thanks. Good. <laughs> this is the Wherewithal Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening.